Greetings, geeks, and welcome to a very special episode of Wizards, the podcast guide to comics. We're live on Zoom to talk about everyone's favorite mutant who isn't a ninja, Wolverine. Now, uh, I'm the best there is at what I do, but what I do is obsessed over a magazine that has been gone for over a decade. I'm Adam. Michael, I have a very serious question for you. Uh, does it hurt every time you have to pull out the mic to record and talk about 90s comics? Every single time. Oh. <laughs> now, the reason we're recording the show in this format tonight is twofold. One, Adam still doesn't have a computer to record in our normal format because technology is a very harsh mis mistress. And I forced him to get a Mac and he's still learning how to use it. And two, Wolverine is so well known, we figured we'd just be rehashing what everyone already knows about the valedictorian of Weapon X program. So why not give some of our listeners a chance to let loose about Logan? We've had some X-Men and Wolverine super fans on the podcast in the past, but this time around, we wanted some fresh meat on all ends of the spectrum, mostly so that I and Adam don't feel bad about our lack of knowledge as it re regards Wolverine. We put out an open invitation through our social media, and we've got some really awesome mutant geek fans here to answer the call. So tonight, our guests we have are Neil, we've got Josh and Lee as well as, of course, Adam and myself. Welcome, guys. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks thank for you. having us. Yeah, yeah. thank you for inviting us. It's so nice to like see that people in the real world actually listen to the two of us talk about <laughs> comics and Wizard Magazine and ramble on about our complaints of Rob Liefeld and other people that you know we have <laughs> issues with and, and who hate us, apparently, which is great. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we really enjoy like hearing from you guys so much on social media. So we're glad that you, you know, you had the guts to join us and you're going to be part of this discussion tonight because I, I think we're going to get some really unique perspectives that are very different from where Michael and I are coming from. So uh, just to start things out here, we have something I, I decided we we're going to call it Adamantium Anonymous. <laughs> We're asking you to tell us about your first encounter with Wolverine, and then also on a scale of one to six claws, okay, uh, <laughs> to tell us what your level of Wolverine fandom is, okay? So tell us about your first interaction with the character, then tell us about your, your ranking as far as, you know, the, the hierarchy of Wolverine fanatics. So Josh, why don't you start us out? Sure. So... My geek humble brag is I am in Alpha Flight's hometown of Ottawa, Ontario. So the parliament buildings where in an early issue of Alpha Flight, I think they established a big like airplane flies out of the bottom of it. So I'm in that hometown. So I'm Canadian, which means I have to love Wolverine. <laughs> and I was thinking about it today and I did just a tiniest bit of research and I'm pretty sure Uncanny X-Men 210 is my first X-Men comic 
And it's funny how nerd brain plays tricks on you because I could swear that Wolverine was on the cover of that comic in a cowboy hat. He is not. He's just in the costume. <laughs> but it's it's uh it's Storm in the Mohawk and Colossus and and uh Rogue when she was all tough and cool. So that was kind of my introduction of Wolverine. And I've kind of kept up more or less over the years. So um there's been patches where I, I went away, but I, I read X-Men up through Jim Lee and then uh, over the years, whether it be uh, Origin or when he was in the Avengers or even slightly more recently, I, I really liked uh, the old man Logan story arc. So he's a character that kind of sticks with me. He's older than me and he's always kind of been there. So that's kind of my generation of Wolverine. Awesome. And so that's cool. At this point now, where are you on the claw scale? I, I'm not an expert to be sure, but I, I might give myself a good four claws or so. Just those two outside ones, not the middle. No, ones, you know, no, it's three and the one in the middle. That's what it is. It's three in the middle. <laughs> I'm, I'm like X23. I've got those uh, double claws going. All right, Lee, um, our think... Looks like oh. you're ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was probably, probably the same as when I think Michael had mentioned that uh, the Secret Wars action figure of Wolverine. I think that was maybe my first introduction to Wolverine with the claws. I think I, I still have mine too, but I think I'm missing a claw. Oh, okay. And then with the comics, I think I started collecting probably around early 90s with issue Wolverine 50. And then so I just kept on with Wolverine throughout the various iterations of that, along with the when Jim Lee took over X-Men. Got pretty much all those Wolverines into the hundreds and two hundreds, but then I started kind of waning a little bit, probably in the early two thousands. So I haven't paid much too too much attention since he's been back. Because I think after he, after uh, who was it, Charles Soule when he killed him off. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. You know, like yeah. for, for me, like I. I felt like when they revealed his origin, like I liked it when he was so ambiguous and you didn't know where it, like once we kind of learned a background to him, it kind of took a little bit away from me for the mythos of Wolverine, kind of like the Joker, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. But the Wolverine origins was kind of neat too. So it kind of covered some of those old memories and covered some of those stories. That was kind of neat when uh, the Daniel way was writing that one. That was pretty cool. I suppose back in the '90s, I'd say I'd probably probably six claws because I was pretty big into Wolverine back then. But probably since 2000, probably closer to four. And Lee, what do you? What about you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I was born in '84, so honestly, uh, my first exposure to the character was through the television show in I think '92. So mm -hmm. and. Uh, I probably know more Wolverine from that show, which is what taken from mostly like Claremont and Byrne X-Men and all that stuff. And then um, even, uh, you know, Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, that kind of thing. Uh, I'm definitely like a two claw kind of guy. Uh, I am definitely going to be the, I'm going to be the one with the lowest amount of knowledge. I just wanted to join because I, no, I the no, I am. But I've definitely read some of the comics. Like, you know, I've read the old man Logan. I've read uh, Claremont and Frank Miller's, uh, you know, a mini series from the early eighties or um, enjoyed that. Uh, mostly for the uh, Frank Miller artwork, honestly. Uh, Claremont's uh, dialogue can be a little uh, much sometimes. Mm -hmm. But um, 
can't remember too many others. There was actually one comic that I really did enjoy, though, that was Wolverine, I think The Jungle Adventure, which had Mike McNola art in it. That was amazing. And I think that might have been Walt Simonson on writing. Um, but if any of you guys haven't read that one, it's just a uh, like a prestige format, like 48 page kind of thing. And uh, that was awesome, too. But um, yeah, I think uh, my first comic was probably out of that tv series in the 90s i remember x-men adventures being sold sort of just like those uh tie-ins for the tv show but then i got into x-men but i don't think he was ever one of my favorite characters was, i was always more like nightcrawler or gambit or something like that but um you know so that's where i'm at with that now before adam dives into his barrage of questions which i know he's going to have stuff to ask <laughs> i have a question to ask all five of us really um if you had to pick a voice that is wolverine for me i think it's the 90s animated series like whenever i think of wolverine i think of that voice no matter how many times hugh jackman has played it or other characters like i just know that grizzled growly voice and that to me feels like wolverine what about you guys i never loved the cartoon i i liked it but it was and it was very saturday morning cartoon it was it was I don't know if it was low budget, but if you look at it compared to, say, Batman animated series. Oh, oh you, yeah. You can't compare. Oh, no. Yeah. The animation is way uh, less for sure. Yeah. So, like, no ill will towards it. I actually just did a rewatch of it since it hopped on Disney Plus. But uh, if I'm hearing a voice, I, I, I was really impressed with you, Jackman. So I, I might lean towards that. But unlike Batman, where I kind of can hear Kevin Conroy or hear Michael Keaton. I don't know if I super associate him with a voice, even, mm -hmm. even, even though you Jackson's played him for, what, yeah, for so ten, long, 10 times mm -hmm. now or yeah. something like that. So fair, fair argument. What about you guys? I was actually thinking before we even started this, this uh, video that, um, the voice from the animated series is the one that I hear when I'm reading a comic book with Wolverine in it, yeah. for sure. Like that, whoever that voice actor was, he definitely, um, you know, uh, made just almost as big an impression as someone like Conroy for me. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Hugh Jackman's his own thing. I mean, the fact that he's like six, three and, you know, <laughs> there's like a Hugh Jackman. This is, it's like this alternate uh, reality thing for me where I go, yeah, that's a cool thing. But I actually see more Hugh Jackman than I do Wolverine. Most of the time it's like Hugh Jackman with claws now. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, yeah, I guess I don't hear his voice as much, even though I love him in the movies, especially like Logan and stuff. Yeah, definitely the voice from the animated series, because that's like really the first time you hear a voice that's associated with Wolverine. Yeah. So that being the first one, you don't really have much to compare to. But yeah, definitely that voice, probably over Hugh Jackman, kind of just if you had to compare the two. Mm -hmm. I don't recall who did the voice on the Hulk versus animated movies they made. So there's one with Hulk versus Thor versus Wolverine, and I don't who did the voice for that Wolverine. So I yeah, never, I, I never played it. But did anybody play the video game where Mark Hamill played Wolverine? No, no. Uh, what? Which game was that one? I I just remember seeing an ad a few years back, and by a few years, you know, times flies. It might have been <laughs> ten years ago, but it was Mark Hamill as Wolverine. And I don't know if this was like a PlayStation Two or Three or whatever, but at least once Mark Hamill, and this is when Mark Hamill was was right in the trenches of. King cartoons and doing everything but but yeah mark hamill did it at least once in there and i wow. don't know what it sounds like because i never played the video game huh. 
It's got to be on YouTube somewhere. It's got to be. I, I would assume it's got to be a clip somewhere. That's cool. What about you, Adam? Two Wolver- Wolverine's Revenge. Oh, look at that. That's some fast Googling right there. Good research. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I revealed uh, as we were teasing this oh, on yeah. YouTube that, that it was definitely Pride of the X-Men is where mm. I first heard Wolverine. So it's that Australian accent. Ah, <laughs> You want to throw another street on the Barbie, eh? So uh, I think maybe <laughs> Australian. I, again, I still, we, why don't we ever get Hugh Jackman using his Australian accent in, you know, like somebody's got to do that. Like give us 10 more years and maybe he will finally give in to the fan demand from one fan, me, and do that as some gag, real deep cut. Uh, but while we're on this topic that we were going to start with comics first, we're already into the movies. I have a what if scenario that I want to throw out to you because we're talking about who we hear, but we know who we've seen on screen. So my question to you guys is, in an alternate reality, this is a what if scenario where Hugh Jackman is cast, you know, Doug Ray Scott still doesn't get to play Wolverine in the 2000 film. Hugh Jackman is in but then he gets a great offer to go start a Broadway musical. So he's like, sorry, I got to turn it down. They go with their next pick. Who is your next pick for a live action Wolverine? In 2000? It, it be, or, or It could be any any period. If you just know an actor you feel is the one. Because I have one in mind for me that I've had all these years. But if you guys want me to go first, I will while you're thinking about it. <laughs> go Go for it. Okay, so for me... The perfect Wolverine in 2000, even now, if they kind of did an older old man Wolverine storyline, is Ian McShane. Like, from most people know him from Deadwood. Like, that was his big thing. But for me, I know him from the uh, Andy Samberg film Hot Rod. Where, <laughs> where he plays his stepdad and but they have these all-out battles like where they're just like brawling and stuff and you look at him and you're just like he's got like the face he's got the intensity he's got the years and the experience and the voice that's just gravelly like to me he would have just brought so much history like to the character so if ian mcshane was playing wolverine i would have been so much happier than jackman because i've always been on the record as no thank you jackman even though he seems like a great guy (laughs) all right i guess i'll go next you know if i had to be on the spot and just thought of it now carl urban Mm. oh yeah yeah i could do that He's so grizzled. He's just so gruff and grizzled. He was a great dread, and he would look good in the cowl of Wolverine, mm. finally wearing yeah. the mask, right? Yeah. <laughs> so this has been someone who's in my head for a long time, and he's too old now, but 20 years ago, possibly even a bit longer ago. And this is somebody who we talked about as young nerds. There's a Canadian actor named Michael Ironside. Oh, yeah. And oh. he looks different now. He's, he God, he might be 65 or 70 years old. But um, in his younger days, he's a big, tough guy. I could picture him in the in the goofy sideburns and especially that kind of brawling Wolverine. Um, I don't know what he's most known for, like maybe Starship Troopers or something like That's that. That's what I was going to say. I know him from Prom Night 2 or Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. <laughs> yeah, a lot of, a lot of little Canadian films. Yeah, but, yeah. but uh, out of left field. But, but at a certain age, I think Michael Ironside would have been a good, real tough Canadian Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> through and through. Love it. Yeah. Gotta be Canadian. Yeah. Gotta be. Yeah. 
All right, Lee, did something come um, together for you? Yeah, I think uh, actually just recently rereading the Frank Miller uh, miniseries in terms of the face, um, oddly enough, uh, from the movie Tremors, Fred Ward. Fred Ward, like when he was young, um, he had that exact face that basically Frank Miller gave Wolverine. So I would kind of, and he was a great actor and he could be kind of gruff and he was a little, uh, you know, a man of few words in most of his roles and, uh, and not smooth, but like you knew that he meant business. And actually, I think that's where, yeah, maybe your disconnect with you, Jackman, he's an incredibly smooth actor. He's a very, like you, you're kind of like, he's, he's charming. Like no he's too what. handsome. Yeah, exactly. So like <laughs> someone like Fred Ward, like where you're like, okay, you're not, but you know, you can be tough. So, yeah. That's where I'd go. And I know who Neil's picking. Neil's like me. All, all, all <laughs> totally. Um, I, I came up coming up with an odd choice. If this actor kind of buffed up a little bit and was a little bit shorter, I started thinking of like uh, Stephen Weber from Wings. Hmm. Oh, wow. That's a deep cut. Yeah. Wings. Yeah. Wow. That's a real 90s cut. He's been in the back of my head a few times for a few other odd kind of movies. But I think if he kind of buffed up, I know he's, he's really tall. I think he's maybe taller than Jackman. Uh, another name Boy, that just popped in my... Tim, Tim Go ahead. Daly to play Cyclops. That would be a great... Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually. <laughs> <laughs> another one that just popped in my head would have been Keeper Sutherland. Oh, yeah. You know? He, I don't, he, yeah. He'd be a better Sabretooth, though. I see yeah. him yeah, Actually, that's a good, that's yeah. a good one. All right, yeah. fair, yeah. fair, fair. <laughs> totally. It's the blonde. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Our next segment is the best there is. Okay, so this says, what character trait do you like best about Wolverine, and why do you think the character has continued to be so popular? Uh, Josh, what do you what do you got? I'll, I'll read it again, just so in case anybody forgot. Um, what character trait? do you best describe or relate to Wolverine and why do you think he's continued to be such a popular character? So I think he's an everyman, which I think a lot of people can identify with on a broader comic book world spectrum. I think I'm a big Batman fan as well. And I think Batman and Wolverine are strangely very similar, even (laughs) though they're not, you know, millionaire and, uh, you know, one guy's uh, a mutant, one guy's got no powers, etc. But you can use them anywhere. Like, recently I thought it was funny because Wolverine was in the movie Logan, and I believe at the same time or about the same time, Marvel had a very cartoony Saturday morning cartoon called Superhero Squad, and then there was the comics, and so there was like three very different incarnations at the same time and the kids watching them on saturday morning probably weren't watching logan and the people watching logan probably weren't watching that saturday morning cartoon and batman's the same where at any given time he's on super friends or batman 66 or michael keaton or whoever so you could really use him everywhere and we've seen that in the past god few years where he's on the avengers or he's doing film noir kind of stories or he's in a western or he's in post-apocalyptic or on the fantastic four like yeah (laughs) for whatever reason you can yes he's on the fantastic four it's bizarre (laughs) well i remember when he was on the new fantastic four in the 90s but he was officially on the oh yeah yeah like he's got a blue uniform with a four in his chest now like it's (laughs) 
it's cool. I mean, I mean, the, the, the comparison of Batman and him are are interesting because they did in the Amalgam universe make them Dark Claw, where they're the, they're they're one and the same, you know. So I don't know. Anyway, um, Neil, what do you think? What are your thoughts on this? Well, he's been such a grim and gritty character that people just kind of love, and he just doesn't care about anything. Seems like, but then he also becomes like he's always been this huge father figure for so many other characters. Like his adopted daughter, um, the Jubilee, Kitty Pride. He's got all these other connections with those kind of younger female mutants, and they look up to him like as a father figure. But then deep down, he's got that lovable attitude, but he's takes no shit, and he's going to cut up people. So it's then that nice little balance of being all grim and gritty like that, but still lovable at the heart. <laughs> Yeah, so that's a very good point. Yeah, it is strange, right? He's teamed up with Kitty Pride. He's teamed up with Jubilee. It's just like, huh? Like, okay, he's the guy. All right. <laughs> and Lee, what about you? What are your thoughts on? Yeah, on... I mean, like when I think of Wolverine, I, I when I was thinking about what drew me to the character, uh, not that I'm the highest level of fandom, but like in the early '90s, the one issue everyone had was X Men number one, right? Like with the Jim Lee cover and mm-hmm. all that. And I always remember that scene where and. It, where he basically he's the only one who gets to Charles Xavier in sort of the you know uh, test run or whatever to see the defenses of the mansion and all that or the school and it's just he's kind of that character that you just know if everyone else fails he's gonna get to the end of the line like the toughness and all that stuff and there are other characters like that I think you think of you know if the Justice League if everyone fails for some reason the only guy without power is Batman he's gonna hit the end of the line but um, that kind of thing and so he has that same tough you know, quality that, um, and so as a kid, I know that that was the thing that immediately caught my attention where I was just like, oh, that this character is awesome. He's not going to ever give up. I, I, I agree. I think my favorite part about his character is that he's relentless. Adam, what about you? What are your favorite, like, characteristics and such? Yeah, like, I mean, to the point about, you know, he's very similar to Batman. I could see on certain levels he is, but to me, the big difference between Batman and Wolverine is that Wolverine has lived so long and seen so much, he has that like sense of humor about things where he's just like, man, this is ridiculous, and he'll make a joke. Batman... Not so much. Batman is a broken man. He's got he's kind of a straight ahead mission. He doesn't have that sense of humor, which is why he's not always appealed to me. Uh, but the I, I've often said on the podcast that Wolverine was, you know, oh, I, I was never a big X-Men guy, and I wasn't. But I had my moment where I had three Wolverine posters in my room where I had a Wolverine shirt, but that lasted like six months. You know, it, it didn't endure for me. But when I've gone back and read his stories now, I think the main thing that I find so interesting about the character is that, like, it, it kind of goes back to being the father figure, but he has so many relationships with female characters, which I feel like is something, it's, it's often like a boys club in comics. And he is so, like, something about him, like, he, he is able to relate so well uh, to, you know, to all these women, whether they're, you know, tough or in need of help or whatever it is. Like, they all seem to trust him innately. And I find that fascinating from a character that is seen as so violent. And we think of his berserker rages. But ultimately, that's what he's fighting against. It's the tender side he's trying to hold on to. And I, I find that really, really uh, an interesting thing about the character. But 
this is what I have to ask you guys now. We talk about, you know, what, what are kind of the best things, the most interesting things, but I, he's also often called a runt, you know? So if he was the runt of the litter, he's going to be the subject of some criticism. So this could be like over the years, what you've perceived, or just in general, like, is there a flaw in the character or how the character has been presented to the fandom over the years that you think is just the lamest thing about Wolverine? I think one of us mentioned a little while ago about um, he's cool that we don't know anything. When I started reading Wolverine, it was it was before the Barry Windsor Smith Weapon X stuff. Uh, it was it was well before Origin. It was you know there was when I started reading it, there was hints that he was a wild man and like World War Two or something like that. And I think that's about it. So. But that's the that's the problem with storytelling and with comic book characters who are cursed to never have an ending. You got to keep telling stories. Mm -hmm. So the blessing and the curse is I've liked a lot of these stories a lot. Like I, I like that you can plop Wolverine into Vietnam and 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 have him, uh, like I said, like be in westerns or be a superhero. As each year goes by, we're gonna find out more about this character where pretend Logan was in a novel, pretend it was just a novel, we would have a beginning, middle, and an end, and it would end with him as old man Logan or something like that. But that's the problem with comic books is we just got to keep telling stories. And I think even Stan Lee mentioned it years ago where he was like, I thought Spider-Man would last four or five years, and now it's going to outlive us all, right? So that if there is a plot of the character, it's a, it's a... It's a glass half full argument because I like a lot of these stories, but there's too many stories for this mm. man of mystery. I remember there was there was a, a couple of years in the like mid 2000s where literally every single week there was a different Wolverine book coming out or more than one in a given week. And you're just like, how many stories can this character be? In? And that's the problem with DC right now is literally it's just like. Batman is in every book. It's like enough. I love Batman, but I can't buy 45 books about Batman a week. I mean, the only things that I could come up with that were more about where they took care the character to. Like, um, as a kid, I hated Bone Claws Wolverine. Yeah. Absolutely despised that era. Uh, it was like Clone Saga for Spider-Man or any of these other things where I'm just like, why are you doing this? As a kid, I was just like, this is just the, this is the worst thing ever. I can't it makes sense of any of this and um uh and then just going beyond the name logan actually to kind of get to josh's point like giving more stuff to this character i'm like james howlett what is this or i think that's his name and it's yeah. just like don't go beyond logan that that's perfect and uh we don't need more than that so that's kind of it's more like points in his history that i kind of go uh why did they do that yeah there was definitely a point where it was just an oversaturation of wolverine and even they poked fun of it too in one of his books too. I think it was Mark Mark Miller when he was like Tuesday he's in Avengers, Wednesday he's in Japan, Thursday he's in <laughs> his own book doing event doing some event. But yeah, it definitely got to be way too much. I know in terms of the story of Wolverine, I think probably one of the low points was probably the that whole thing with Romulus that I think Jeff Loeb was kind of in charge of of how mm. Romulus was behind the whole adamantium and weapon x project and it was just an awful story 
Yeah, I've only heard a little about that character. Oh, it yeah, sounds awful. Yeah. Like I, he's just this magical I, character that kind of pops in throughout history and is responsible for everything. I'm like, why is this character needed? That would be like Punisher <laughs> having that kind of character. It's like, what is this? this yeah. is... Um, I I too don't like the bone claw thing. I loved in in like X Men One when Magneto. You get the idea that he could rip his metal out, but he doesn't, and just like kind of puts him in, in a spot. I love that more than the ripping of the adamantium out. The other thing that I'm personally over with with Wolverine is his obsession with Jean Grey. Like it went on, it's so long. I'm just like I'm over it, dude. Like enough, move on. I don't care anymore about that story and his like pining over her personally. <clears throat> on my side, I mean this might be controversial because it's kind of the core characteristic. Uh, but his his ability to regenerate and his mutant healing factor basically makes him superman you know like he's like the most invincible character and so where is the drama of whenever he's in a battle because yeah he's gonna get sliced up and he's gonna this unless he's in the future in some alternate future and he's getting blasted and all his flesh gets burned off or whatever you know all the organs are and there's just a skeleton left like it's just like he can't die and like even when he dies then he comes back right he comes <laughs> back from the grave so like that kind of stuff to me is like it's cool but at the same time like it, it takes away a lot of the excitement of like of what he could be like the battles don't feel like they have as much of a stake behind them when when they're happening so like i i know it's like a core characteristic but at a certain point like and i have to assume there's been a storyline where his healing factor went away and i just missed it so i'm probably gonna have to read that one and be like oh now now it's serious I feel like during the Claremont era, it was a little more um, like, well, if you could get his heart out, if you could do something where it's like, because I think even in that Frank Miller uh, Claremont miniseries, they're like, you know, when the the hand and the samurai are like, well, if we get him and we rip his heart out, basically he's done. He's toast. That does not happen anymore. Like there's not a simple solution where some ninja is going to be able to get him down. And then, you know, so you're 100 percent right. They definitely made him more and more super with each passing year, it seems. Okay, so our next topic is team player. And this says, Wolverine has attracted some of the best artists and writers in comics history to tell his story. Who do you think is the best Wolverine artist and writer to have ever worked on the character? And do you have a favorite story or issue? I, I'll go first, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on their names. I loved at least the cover art on all of the old man Logan, like the, the first run, the cover art just like to me was so beautiful and and breathtaking. It, it defines that idea of the character for me whenever I see it anywhere. I, I love that. That, stuff. that was McNiven, right? Mc the same guy who did Civil War and stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think so. so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. When I first started getting to Wolverine, it was definitely Larry Hama and stuff he was doing with kind of the bare minimum of. When he started getting some memories back, and kind of there's a couple of flashbacks with that, with his writing, I really enjoyed. Um, for artists, probably which Kubert was on there? Was it Andy or Adam, or did they both do it? I think it was Adam. Was I think it's one. Adam too. Yeah. 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 Around, around that time, yeah, I really enjoyed his art on it. Josh, what about you? I guess my introduction was was John Romita Jr. in that era, and then. My high school years, like I'm right in the wizard years, so it was Jim Lee and all that kind of stuff. But 
more recently, more somewhat recently, I, I really loved Frank Quietly on the book and his mm-hmm. Wolverine. Oh yeah, his I really good. Yeah, I love really how different good. they all looked, and I um so yeah, I really love that. And a little more recently, um, uh, a friend of mine, Nick Bradshaw, uh, drew Wolverine and the X Men for a while, and I love his style. It's kind of like just slightly cartoony. So the problem with Wolverine is everybody's drawn him, so it's like you know. <laughs> Uh, Sam Keith Wolverine is awesome, and on mm-hmm. the complete other end of the spectrum, Art Adams Wolverine is awesome. So it's like I don't know, has anyone not done an awesome Wolverine comic in the last fifty years? Like I think everyone's kind of had a pretty good shot at him. Well, well it depends point. on where you fall on noseless Wolverine by Joe Badrick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, what, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, go ahead. I have a, I have a number of guys that are all pretty obvious in terms of like when I think of Wolverine, I think of you know John Byrne first, then Jim Lee, um, and then Barry Windsor Smith. I think those guys all kind of like come right to mind. And I do like Frank Miller stuff, but that's sort of like you know just in general like Daredevil, all those characters he did uh, interesting work with. Um, and writer, I think like the one that was the most uh, like you know the page turner for me was uh, you know when Mark Millar was doing stuff you know with Old Man Logan, and then just his general run. I did read. I mean, I didn't read. I haven't read a ton of Wolverine. I probably read like seventy five issues total in my entire life, but like a lot of them happen to be Mark Millar's you know, uh, time with the character and, um, and the sensibilities of when he was writing were probably the years when I was like, you know, just to fit with the kind of, um, dialogue I wanted, the kind of storytelling I wanted, that kind of stuff. When I go back into the eighties, it gets, even though I recognize like the Claremont burn years are amazing for being revolutionary. Sometimes it can get a little like uh, I'm getting halfway through this issue and my goodness, there are a lot of word balloons. There's a lot of word balloons. <laughs> oh my goodness. A lot of word balloons. Have you guys ever seen the um, Alex Ross sketches of the X-Men and the Wolverine one that he's had? It's like a, it's like a black and white penciling. Mm-hmm. It's almost an all black suit with like just claws on the side and very short ears. It I think it looks really cool. Like if you go to Alex Ross's Instagram and check it out, it's really neat. His his oh, Cyclops is a little weird. He's got kind of a trench coat on sort of like a almost like Gambit, but his Wolverine is pretty cool on Instagram. I, I like it. It looks really neat. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to throw one more name out for artists real quick. As I take us through, just because like, you know, again, like obviously for me, Jim Lee cover of X-Men number one, like I had a friend who just, you know, totally aped that and drew it for me at junior high, gave me that. I had it up on my bulletin board. I was like, Oh, just that pose. It's so awesome. You know? Uh, but as I was preparing for this episode and reading a bunch of issues, um, one artist who I, I saw mentioned in the pages of Wizard as we've done the show, but I have not, like, I, I guess I just wasn't familiar with his work uh, in the 90s, is Derek Robertson. He just, his figure work is fantastic. And so I, I really think that he he deserves to be in the mix somewhere. I've seen some of his other X-Men stuff just in general. It's, it's really fun. So um, otherwise, like, obviously, Mark Silvestri on Wolverine is, it's weird because it's like, he did it for so long and yet it's kind of like, Hmm, like, is this a definitive Wolverine? Could you, you know, say, Oh yeah, that's a Sylvester look probably, but it, I, it's in my mind. I'm like, Oh, that's Larry Hama Wolverine. That's not Mark Sylvester Wolverine for whatever reason, you know, it's just, it, even though he's not the artist, you know, I'm just like, huh. So, uh, but the other question, the other part of that question was, do you guys have a favorite story, a favorite issue and I'll just go real quick here because, again, as I've been reading, like, I had never read the Weapon X storyline. Like, I knew of it. I'd seen bits and pieces, but I just read the whole thing 
That was wonderful. It was fantastic. Barry Windsor Smith. I love his machine man. Whenever he's drawing a lot of circuits and wires, Barry Windsor Smith is my guy. Uh, but I read this issue. This was Mark Silvestri's last issue of Wolverine before he jumped ship and was doing Image. And uh, this is like the culmination of, because I, I was reading like 50 issues of Wolverine. My buddy gave me his collection from the 90s, from like 1990 to 1992 here, just going through everything and then some other issues. And this is, it's so cool because like, you know, it, it kind of ties up the whole storyline of Wolverine and Mariko and like their whole relationship over all these years, how he wants to marry her. But in this case, like she's saying, I can't marry you until I get all the Yakuza, like, ties to my family's company and all this stuff like out and then we can be married but then in order to actually make that happen to get the yakuza to leave her alone they're like well you have to cut off a finger that is going to be your tribute to this agreement and she does but they poison the knife and so she does it so they could be together and then she's poisoned and she die or she's dying and just like in X3, when Wolverine has to kill Jean Grey, she asks him to kill her before she suffers anymore while poisoning. And just the last, uh, the last panel here, you know, is just Wolverine in agony holding her body, you know, and just like looking down at her, just, oh. you know, so it's just like, to me, just like the storytelling of it and, you know, just like the, the way that Larry Hama really had been building, building, building through all these issues, you know, and playing on what Chris Claremont and everybody had uh, set up previously. Like, I just, I think that was a fantastic story, fantastic issue. And I, you know, I've read the Claremont Miller stuff that Lee was bringing up and other things like that. But I think this like single issue is one that really stood out to me in the run. I thought it was great. Thanks for spoiling it for everybody, Adam. <laughs> Jeez, man. Come on, bro. 30 years later, you ruined it for me. Thanks a lot. Oh boy. <laughs> From a from a kid point of view, and I don't know if this comic holds the test of time, kind of like, <laughs> you know, when you're a kid, you're like, Monster Squad is the greatest movie of all time, which I stand by. <laughs> but if you're looking at it from a real critical eye, you might be like, oh, maybe it's not the greatest movie of all time. If you um, ask Adam, it's, it's uh, True Beverly Hills, if you ask him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, loves that movie. he loves that movie. But when I was a kid, and I, I just look, it's um, Uncanny number 268, and it's it's uh, Wolverine and Black Widow and Captain America fighting Nazis in World War II. Yeah. And and speaking of origin, that, that was a, a real big deal when this comic came out in, I think, 89 or 90, because it was giving origin from three of these characters and retconning it that they were hanging out in World War II together. And that's the funny thing with Wolverine is like Spider-Man, the problem. And again, none of these characters should have lasted this long because I don't know, is, is, is Peter Parker supposed to be like 30? Maybe. I don't know. A lot has happened to Peter in 15 years because it's all canon. Everything's canon. Right. But Wolverine, you just keep pushing it back. You're like, oh, he was in World War One and World War Two and Vietnam. <laughs> so because he's immortal, you just keep doing that. But this was was prime Jim Lee and Chris Claremont. And so as a kid, that is a book that sticks with me. And, and it has the greatest tag on the cover of Together Again for the first time, which I can't believe that's where that came from, because I've heard that in other comic books and pop culture and stuff. So the Together Again for the first time is my favorite Wolverine comic. That's great. That's an awesome that's cover. Cool. That's, that's, a, that's I would not. It is a good cover, yeah. Yeah, I would not have walked out of that's that awesome. a comic shop without picking up that comic if I saw it. 
And where I think it's time to do the trivia here. So, you know, the reason that we we all gathered here today is this Wolverine Wizard Tribute Edition, right? So <laughs> we, yep, there you, Neil's got his copy. So this is the thing. So we have this, uh, and we, did, we didn't get into all the details, except that we did, because it covers all the stuff we were talking about. That was kind of the point, to just have a kind of a roundtable discussion in that way. But what we're going to do now, what it, what is a part of that, is that uh, we actually have a something kind of cool, which is the CBIQ uh, <laughs> trivia, which is what they would put in every issue of Wizard. We don't cover it on the uh, on the main episodes very much. We just don't have time to get into it all the time. But uh, we are excited uh, to get, check your comic book and Wolverine knowledge. Have you absorbed it over the years through some? So everybody is playing this game and the winner does indeed get a copy of this tribute edition. It's got the posters and everything. Uh, oh, you guys are lucking out, man. Wow. <laughs> the Wizards podcast is really stepping up their award game. Congratulations. Holy moly. Um, so Adam, do you want me to show the question on screen or uh, or how do you want me to do this? Yeah, so 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 what we'll do is we'll just you'll show the question on screen whoever well, we'll be reading it, but if you think you have the answer, you're a quick reader, then just shout out your name and you will get a chance to answer, okay? And so we'll start tallying it up and we will see who is going to walk away with this issue. It seems like Neil might not uh might not be trying too hard. He's already got a copy, but <laughs> okay. Josh, Neil, enjoy. I, I <laughs> one of you is winning. <laughs> okay. I will I will so, confess that I did mail in the uh history contest, but I did not win. Oh. <laughs> I had that coupon cut out of my issue. That's funny. Okay, so the CBIQ, question number one. Who is Logan's foster child? Yeah, I know, they, I know they the answer. Hard that, <laughs> yeah. Do we have to give the names too, or just picking the letters? <laughs> you no pick idea. the letter and you choose <laughs> the, the blind guess, you still get it. So. so I know it's, I think it's B, but I do not know the name. I don't know the name either. Yeah. I, I know, I know the name, Amico. Oh, there you go. But so, so Neil knew it, knew the name. But we got uh, Josh shoving in first with the that. So you get that one, Josh, technically, because you called it with B. So yes, and it's weird because in the Kitty Pride and Wolverine uh, mini series, I read that too, and she's called Akiko in that one. And then later on, they they retconned it to Amico. It's it was weird. <laughs> So the CBIQ, question number two. In Days of Future Past storyline, Wolverine was killed by what? I'm going to say B. Correct. <laughs> Good job. All righty. So B was a sentinel, right? That's a sentinel. Yes. Yeah. That I knew. Yeah. I just figured out. Yeah. Just... <laughs> okay. CBIQ, question number three. Which X-Men villain is responsible for Wolverine's recent regression into his savage state? And recent would be of the 90s. That that one's going to be D. I know that one. Correct. Genesis. Yep, you got it. Okay, so everybody's about one. All right, nice job. We're tied up here. Okay, (laughs) question CBIQ, question number four. Who or what doesn't contain adamantium technically i know the answer number c okay that is correct neil so why do you say technically though well eventually later on 
Sabretooth got Edmantium, but at this time, he did not have any Edmantium. <laughs> there you go. Touche. Interesting. CBIQ, question number five. Which character has Wolverine not taken under his wing and helped out? I don't even know who C is. <laughs> it's Cannonball. Cannonball. Oh. <laughs> he didn't like Rogue for a while, so I'll guess B, but maybe he... Oh, there you go. Lovely. Yep. <laughs> she doesn't need his help, sugar. <laughs> oh. oh, boy. <laughs> CBIQ, question number six. Who was responsible for removing Cyber's adamantium and trying to implant it into Wolverine? Well, that's number C again for Genesis. Correct. All right. Wow. You guys are good. You guys are really good. BBIQ, question number seven. Which woman has Logan not fallen in love with? (laughs) Let's go with B. (laughs) It's got to be C. Is that, uh, is that I think C is Moira, right? Yeah, yeah I go with C then. Yeah, uh, it yeah. had to be one of those. Two. <laughs> so that was Neil. Neil said C. Number eight. Who did Wolverine battle in his first appearance? A. E. None of these, right? Yeah, Wendigo, wasn't it? Yeah, him and Hulk. His yep. first appearance was Hulk. Yeah. yeah, 180 and 181. He's yeah. like on the cover, 181. Great but cameo, Hulk... full appearance debate. Neil is in the lead. He's got five. He already has the issue. Let's get going here. <laughs> <laughs> 20 questions. You can still win it. Okay, C- CBIQ question number nine. Which person was not a member of the Weapon X program? A. <laughs> B. B Omega Red. CBIQ question number ten. <laughs> Do we have done this Jeopardy rules and be like, who is B? What is B? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> question number ten: The killer robot that is programmed to destroy all Weapon X participants is what? I don't know. Just throw it all out there, Josh. Come on, it's A. Shiva. Correct. Or Shiva. I want to say D because I know that's Herbie. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that's that's the only Herbie. one that I knew. That's the only one I knew. Okay. So we're, we're at a halfway point, guys. Honestly, just start shouting out letters if you want to beat Neil. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think Neil's pulling his punches. I think he yeah. knows all these really he's fast and he's just like, eh, time. you know, I'll give him a second <laughs> to get it wrong. Yeah. All right, CPIQ <laughs> question number 11. With which X-Man did oh, Wolverine originate the fastball special? Very see. good, Lee. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that, that one, that one's a big enough. That's uh, one of the first ones culture. I actually knew and knew the yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that one too. And I was like, wait a minute, I know this one. This is easy. Okay, CBIQ question number 12. Who corrupted Kitty Pride and almost forced her to kill Wolverine? Oh, I know this. A. Hmm. Correct. Good job. Wow. That would have been the last one I would have guessed. I I don't know the name, but I recognize that from reading that comic a million years Uh, ago. Hogan, I think. I I actually have that comic, too, believe it or not. Yeah. Who would have knew? Who would thunk it? (laughs) CBIQ question 13. 
Wolverine almost married C. who? C. <laughs> ah, good job, Lee. You got in there. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. CBIQ question 14. Which child and Avenger to be did Wolverine help Captain America rescue in the World War II in Germany? We hey, just went over Black that. Widow. <laughs> we just reviewed this, people. Yeah, <laughs> we did. Josh, Josh, is that you? Dave? I think they all should get a point for that one. No, we were no, just talking about it like two seconds ago. And it's Josh's okay. favorite issue. So there you go. Two yeah, there. Fair enough. Look how high quality the uh, picture image is on those old magazines. <laughs> Man. CBIQ <laughs> question number fifteen. Which former teammate of Wolverine's left the X-Men and joined Magneto's Acolytes? D. Colossus. Correct. Oh, wow. Okay. Getting down to the home stretch here. So Josh has four. Lee has four. Neil has seven. Okay. Wow. So, <laughs> this is your last chance, right. guys. <laughs> All right. Question 16. Which character joined Wolverine as a member of the new Fantastic Four? B, Spider-Man. Very there, good. You there you go. Okay. We're 17. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> Todd can't make, count. I'm just going to be 17. That's my bad. Yeah, let me get that here. So 17. Way to go, Adam. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. So, which X-Men villain used Wolverine as a sideshow attraction? So, I'm going to read the names, okay? So, was it Magneto, Mr. Sinister, Mesmero, or Apocalypse? Mr. Sinister. <laughs> Mesmero? Yeah. Correct. Who, who said Mesmero? Was that you, Josh? Mesmero. I did. That was Neil. Oh, that's Neil. Okay, so Neil, get back in the game here. All Give right. CBIQ question number 18. During the Age of Apocalypse, who severed Wolverine's hand? E. A, Cyclops. Oh, wow. Correct. Nice. Wow. Wow. CBIQ question number 19. Who is Mariko related to? E. Uh, B Sun yeah. is that Sunfire? Correct. Yeah. Good. I didn't think they were related. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that either. <laughs> I knew the character was. And the last one, number 20. Which villain once ripped out Wolverine's heart? E? Just oh. Incorrect. No. I mean D is supposed to be Sabretooth, right? <laughs> no, I think that's, I, that's Wild Child. Oh, is it? Okay. Um, yeah, from X. That was an X Factor. Okay. Wait, which one? Anyway, we haven't heard C? the correct answer yet. Yeah. Wait, was it? I don't, wait, I don't know who B, C is. B was incorrect. Yep, B was incorrect. Huh. I, I'm gonna like say I said, C. Two out of six, C, because I have almost. no idea who that is. That <laughs> yeah. is correct. Hey. It is C, and I had to look it up before we came on tonight. His name is Horde. And yes, he ripped out Wolverine's heart in an issue. So there you go. <laughs> Whoever he was, he is forgotten. Wow. Where's the horde action figure? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's where we're at with this, guys. So Josh uh, came in with in second place. Uh, you had six. Lee, you held strong with four. 
Yeah, I stayed there. Hey, it's two out of six claws. I told you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Neil, yeah, Neil had ten. So this is where we are, Neil. This issue is yours. Unless you want to offer it up to these two gentlemen and we could give them a tiebreaker question and just winner, whoever gets it, takes it, uh, takes it home. It's up to you. I would say give them a chance. Okay. <laughs> I've got a copy. So here's our tiebreaker question, guys. Which respected Marvel artist messed up Wolverine's original mask design when drawing the character for the cover of Giant Size X-Men number one, and that led to the classic look that we all know and love now? Ooh. So who was the cover artist of Giant Size X-Men number one? That's was really it, the question. I'll just guess John Buscema. Why not? Was it Neil Adams? It was not Neil Adams, oh, and it was not... I'm sorry. You're both wrong. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, I think it was was it Ramita Senior? It wasn't even Ramita Senior. It was oh, I don't know. How do you know that one? It was an old Marvel mainstay, Gil Kane. Oh wow! Yeah, so. I never associated him with Marvel. That's great. <laughs> Adam, uh, you, I have a question. That Adam might know the answer to, but oh yeah, do you know how many covers Wolverine was on Wizard? Yeah, so he doesn't take a play. Oh. I, I, I think Adam knows Adam knows the answer to that. Yeah. I I'm going to say five. I recounted for this episode. I went back because on our 30th anniversary with the wizard staff, I incorrectly, I was like five off and I found five I didn't even know existed. So I do have the number now. Uh, okay. So if, Neil, if you're okay with that, you could come up with a trivia question or we could let them guess and closest, you know, Price is Right rules wins. I'll put out a guess just for fun, uh, no matter what. Uh, I'm going to say it's ridiculously high, like 73. <laughs> okay. Josh, what do you think? How many covers was Wolverine featured on? 15. Okay. I'm going to say 21. 21. Lee wins it. 90 covers. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> All I remember in the 90s was Wolverine on like every other cover. So I think on the special episode, they told us that Wolverine had the most covers. Yeah. <laughs> that is How ridiculous. many issues of Wizard are there total? 235, I believe. Yeah. So whatever, whatever it is, somebody told us at one point when we first started this, they're like, you know, if you do two issues a month, you're going to be doing this podcast for nine years. And I said, <laughs> I signed on to do this with Adam for nine years. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> We're three years in. <laughs> we got a long way to go. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, I mean, he didn't make the last cover. That was, you know, Ryan Reynolds. So, <laughs> but close enough. So, all right. Well. Uh, that means this is on its way to you, Lee. So you you've earned it. No, 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 no. That goes to Josh. I I I I am happy I won the tiebreaker, but he definitely came in fair and square in second place. If Neil doesn't want it, because Neil, you already have a copy of it, right? Yeah. So oh, yeah. yeah, that goes to Josh, please. Oh, okay. very, I'm just happy noble. I got the very, honor. Very noble of you. Yes. <laughs> now, last thing I want to say here as we close out, though, that's not your last chance to win because also just by being on the call, guys. The, the last thing that is up for grabs is the Wolverine half issue, okay? So each of you, your name's going to go in a drawing. 
in our hall, <laughs> our hall video on YouTube after this episode drops and we share, you know, the pieces, uh, the most exciting moments. This is going to be announced of which of you has won it. I'll just pull it out of the hat on the video. So one more chance to win. All right. So very, very cool. So much for very being awesome. awesome. Yeah, guys, thank you so much. It was cool <laughs> chatting with you. It was so nice to like know that people like to hang out with us and wanted to talk to us about comics and wizard it was so cool to have this you know set up and i apologize that my background is blurred i'm in my <laughs> my uh, in-laws guest room because my house is under construction <laughs> i was like there's just boxes and stuff behind me I'm like i gotta hide all this crap but um you know it was really cool it was really fun and and it was a great conversation and uh i hope to do this again we, we got don't we have a jim lee special coming up yep, not too long yep. from now so we're going to put out the invitation again, and we're going to talk nice. all about Jim Lee. And so that's going to be a great conversation as well. But thank you all again also for tuning in and checking out our, our nice discussion about Wolverine here. You probably knew a few of those trivia questions. You were like, ah, but it's all good. That's what it's all about. We appreciate the character on different levels, and we appreciate every one of you who uh, takes your time to check out our 90s nostalgia nonsense. So in the meantime, keep your books bagged and boarded. 